Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Mesdames et Messieurs, merci d'avoir patienté et bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique concernant les résultats du quatrième trimestre et de l'exercice financier 2021 de TC Transcontinental. Pendant la conférence, tous les participants seront en mode d'écoute seulement. Une période de questions suivra la présentation et des directives vous seront données à ce moment. Nous désirons vous rappeler que cette conférence est enregistrée aujourd'hui le, euh, le 9 décembre 2021. Welcome to the TC Transcontinental Fourth Quarter and Fiscal 2021 Result Conference Call. During the presentation, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Afterwards, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will be provided at that time. As a reminder, this conference is recorded today, December 9, 2021. I'd like to turn the conference over to Yann Lapointe, Director, Investor Relations. J'aimerais maintenant céder la parole à Yann Lapointe, Directeur, Relations avec les investisseurs. Mr. Lapointe, please go ahead. Thank you, Julian. Good afternoon, everyone on the line, and thank you for joining us on the call. Welcome to TC Transcontinental's fourth quarter and fiscal year 2021 results conference call. You can find the press release, the presentation, and the annual MDNA with complete financial statements and related notes on our website at tc.tc under our investor relations section. A replay of this conference call will also be available on our website after the call. We have with us today our President and Chief Executive Officer, François Olivier, and our Chief Financial Officer, Donald Le Cavalier. We also have with us Peter Bruce, who will succeed François and will officially assume the position of President and Chief Executive Officer tomorrow. Peter will also say a few words after François' remarks. Before I turn the call over to management, I would like to specify that this conference call is intended for the financial community. Media are in listen-only mode, and should contact Nathalie Saint-Jean, Senior Advisor, Corporate Communications, for more information or interview requests. Please be reminded that some of the financial measures discussed over the course of this conference call are non-IFRS. You can refer to the MDNA for a complete definition and reconciliation of such measures to IFRS. In addition, the conference call might also contain forward-looking statements. These statements are based on the current expectations of management and information available as of today, and they involve numerous risks and uncertainties, known and unknown. The risks, uncertainties, and other factors that could influence actual results are described in the fiscal 2021 annual MDNA and in the latest annual information form. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to our President and CEO, François Olivier. Thank you, Ian, and good afternoon, everyone. This is a special day for me, as this is my 56th and last quarterly earnings call as President and CEO of TC Transcontinental. Working with Peter and the management team on that transition over the last couple of months has made me reflect on the strong and resilient company we have built, our agility, and the success of our transformation. We have stood the test of time, overcoming challenges, and adapting to major changes in our environment and in our business. 
When I became CEO in 2008, almost 80% of our revenues came from our Canadian operations, with the balance coming from our printing operations in the U.S. and in Mexico. Our media sector represented close to $700 million in revenue, and a significant portion of this came from publishing magazines and newspapers, which were dependent on advertising revenue. A lot has changed since then. Today, we are a very different and diversified company. With most of our sectors were facing headwinds 10 years ago, today the large majority of our revenue comes from businesses with favorable prospects. While we continue to have a North American focus, we now have operations in eight countries, with half of our revenue generated outside of Canada. TC Transcontinental has transformed from being a Canadian company to an international organization that is more resilient than ever, whether it be to economic shock or technological change. The results we released today reflect this resilience. Our 2021 performance shows that our business is solid. When excluding external factors like the Canadian wage subsidy, the price of resin, and the exchange rate, we delivered a much higher consolidated EBITDA than last year. In packaging, we saw an unprecedented rise in resin prices. Almost every single month saw a new increase. In addition, the Canadian dollar declined versus the U.S. dollar, making the comparison with 2020 much harder. But we stayed focused on what we could control. We worked diligently to pass through the higher resin prices as per our contractual agreements to minimize the negative impact. Looking at fiscal year 2021 as a whole, when excluding the impact of higher resin prices in the additional week, we delivered an organic revenue growth close to 2% and an EBITDA margin over 16%, which is in line with what we have said at the beginning of the year. In printing, we suddenly lost close to half of our revenues in March of 2020 when governments put in place measures to limit the spread of COVID-19. Despite the continued impact of restrictions on our customers, our revenues gradually began to recover. In fiscal year 2021, our revenues grew despite the fact that we face a tough pre-COVID comparable of the first five months. As we continue to improve our efficiency and benefited from a higher volume, we delivered an adjusted EBITDA margin of 21.3%, excluding the Canadian emergency wage subsidy. That's an improvement of 120 basis points over fiscal year 2020 and 130 points over fiscal 2019. How did we achieve this resilience? Our decision to move into flexible packaging over seven years ago proved to be the right one. We started slowly, taking the time necessary to build our industry knowledge, build our team, while delivering great value to our customers. And then, in 2018, we took a big leap with our acquisition of Cobras America, a pivotal moment for our company. And again, we took the time necessary to stabilize the business, increase margins by delivering on our synergies, and now we are seeing the results. As we continue to make acquisitions and grow organically through innovation by developing sustainable solutions for our customer, the percentage of revenue coming from a stable sector like flexible packaging will continue to rise, and this will serve to protect us in times of economic challenges.
By continuing to generate strong free cash flow in the long term, our printing sector will participate in our growth and play a key role in our future. Here's why. We have seen another transformation in our printing sector portfolio. 13 years ago, newspapers, magazines, and catalogs printing represented a significant part of our revenue. Today, following the secular decline in those industries and our strategic portfolio management, only 15% of our printing revenue come from these markets. Over the years, we successfully adapted our printing platform to the market and improved our cost base. We also offset some of the lost revenue by expanding into new verticals like in-store marketing. We grew the in-store marketing business from about 12 million in revenue 10 years ago to our run rate of around 200 million today. And this is only the beginning of our ISM journey as we have a long way to go and to grow. When we include other growing activities like book, pre-media, and also factoring our growing media revenue, these growth activities represent today around 35% of the combined revenue of our printing and media sectors. That percentage had increased significantly over the last five years, and we expect that it will continue to do so organically and through acquisitions. As they grow, these activities help stabilize print's overall revenues by offsetting the decline of other activities. Print is actually undergoing a similar successful transformation as TC Transcontinental went through with its move into flexible packaging. Finally, another important strategic shift has been in our media sector. Over the last several years, we sold almost all of the publishing assets to retain only those related to education and to the construction industry. Markets that are not dependent on advertising revenue. And these have proven to be not only resilient, but growing as well. I am proud that we have successfully transformed TC Transcontinental and each of our three sectors, and I'm equally proud that we did so while maintaining a strong balance sheet. While we always used leverage prudently, we were not afraid to take calculated risks when opportunities showed up. For example, we invested over $800 million 13 years ago to build a state-of-the-art national print platform, a key strategic move that led to our successful consolidation of the Canadian print market. The success we have today in our print sector is in part a direct result of these investments. We were not afraid to do it again in 2018 when we acquired Covers Americas for $1.7 billion, another key strategic move to cement our move into flexible packaging. We then successfully integrated the acquisition and delivered on the planned synergies and our, and our, our margin improvement objectives. And each time, we use our strong and stable cash flow from operations to bring the debt level back below two times in order to be ready for the next opportunity. This sound financial management is another one of our strengths. We can do this again, given the opportunity. I am leaving today very proud of what we have accomplished as a team. Simply, we did what we say we would do. We transformed the company by divesting assets in declining markets and entered a flexible packaging space. 
We also built a strong printing sector with solid profitability and growth potential in a significant portion of its portfolio. I am confident that TC Transcontinental has a bright future for three simple reasons. First, our strategy are sound and have put us in leading position in the three sectors we operate in. Second, our solid financial position give us the means to achieve our ambitions. It allows us to continue to invest and transform our print and media portfolio and to grow our flexible packaging platform while de delivering on our sustainability objective. And third, we have an experienced and talented team with Peter, a great successor lined up, the right person for the job. Unified by a strong corporate culture, the team is working together with a common long-term vision. Finally, I'd like to thank our employees for the many years of hard work and dedication, the customer for their confidence, the board of director and the Marku family for their guidance, trust, and support over the year, and finally you, our analyst and investor, for a productive relationship over the years. As a credit to you, many of your probing questions have helped us refine our thinking. Your feedback and advice over the years has been much appreciated. With that, I'll turn it over to Peter. Thank you, Francois. Since joining the board in 2018, I've had the opportunity to watch TC develop from Canada's print leader, complemented by a solid specialty media group, into a business that is balanced by a strong packaging operation. Spending time with Monsieur Marcoux, Isabelle, and Francois, I appreciate the effort and passion that has created a successful business driven by a strong culture and entrepreneurial spirit. Over my first six weeks, I've worked closely with Isabelle and Francois to ensure a smooth transition. I appreciate that Francois and the team positioned us to successfully transition the business's leadership by focusing on finishing the year strongly. This gave me the opportunity to spend my first weeks meeting and listening to coworkers and customers. Having had one-on-one -on -one meetings with over 70 coworkers, I can confirm the quality of the team. Our coworkers are smart, hardworking, good people who exemplify TC's values and who are determined to win. Having had the opportunity to meet many customers, I'm convinced that the team has established strong relationships. Our customers appreciate that TC is an organization that is committed to supporting their success. Francois should be extremely proud of the team he has led and the business they have built. The investments in people, innovation, and capital have been positioned us to be the leader in all our sectors. So to conclude, I appreciate the trust that the Marcoux family and the board have placed in me. I've loved my first six weeks. And as I take on the role of CEO, I'm excited by the opportunity to work with the team and build an even stronger business. And now I'll hand it over to Danau. Thank you, Peter, and welcome. On behalf of the management team and I, let me take a moment to thank you, Francois, for your many years of leadership and dedication to our customers, employees, and investors. I know I speak for all of us when I say that we will miss you and wish you all the best. Now, turning to our results. In terms of numbers for the fourth quarter, on slide six, we reported an increase in revenue of $120 million, or 18.3% versus last year. This was driven 
by higher pricing and packaging following our diligent pass-through of higher risen costs to our customers, by organic growth in packaging and print, and by the acquisition of BGI retail in our print sector. This year, the fourth quarter also included an additional week. Excluding the extra week, both the print and packaging sectors recorded solid volume growth. As expected, the revenue growth was partially offset by a negative currency impact of 16 million, mainly in packaging due to the rise in value of the Canadian dollar versus the US dollar. On the profitability front, EBITDA was negatively impacted by the three same factor as last quarter, but to a lesser extent. First, we received a much lower Canadian wage subsidy this year. We received 3.7 million this quarter versus 14.5 million for the same quarter last year. Second, short-term contractual lags in passing through higher risen prices to our customer. And third, the stronger Canadian dollar. In total, these three factors impacted EBITDA by more than $20 million in Q4. We were able to offset most of these headwinds with strong operational performance, higher volume, and with the extra week to deliver an adjusted EBITDA of $140.5 million for the quarter. Considering the business context in which we operated, inflation, labor shortage, and supply chain issues, this was a strong performance. Financial expenses increased slightly following a currency gain recorded last year and also due to the extra week this year. The tax rate was at 23.7% in the fourth quarter in line with our mid-20s guidance, leading to adjusted net earnings of 81 cents per share for the quarter. Now, moving to slide seven for the sector review. In our packaging sector, in the fourth quarter, we recorded organic revenue growth of 88.1 million. This was mainly due to the pass-through of higher risen prices, but also included the positive impact of having an extra week and volume growth of more than 2%. I highlight the strong performance of our advanced holdings group during the quarter. Going forward, this group should also benefit from the recent acquisition of HS Crocker as one of its two plants is specialized in labels for the pharmaceutical industry. In addition, to the launch of the total medical product portfolio. We also continue to see solid performance from the rest of our packaging groups. Exchange, rate, exchange rates, mainly the strong Canadian dollar, had a negative impact of 14.9 million, leading to packaging revenues of 417.4 million in the fourth quarter. Moving to profitability, as risen prices were still increasing in the spring and summer, we still had a negative impact in the quarter from the lag in passing through price increases, although lower than what we saw in the last two quarters. Despite this impact, we were able to deliver an EBITDA of 57.9 million. The latter was in, the line with, was in line with last year due to good operational performance, 
volume growth and the additional week. Considering that it, inclu it included over 300 basis points of negative risen price impact caused by the lag in pass-through and dilution caused by a rela related increase in revenues, we were also pleased with the EBITDA margin of 13.9% for the quarter. Excluding the impact of risen prices, packaging margins will have been higher than last year. On slide 8, you can see that our printing sector had another very strong quarter with 14.4% of organic growth versus Q4 last year. The extra week was a contributor, but excluding its impact, we also saw strong business recovery with organic growth in the mid-single digits. It was especially high in our growth activities like in-store marketing and book printing, where we saw double-digit growth. This growth was driven by existing customers spending more and by new customers. Revenues in the quarter were also positively impacted by the acquisition of BGI retail in the in-store marketing space. As Francois mentioned earlier, our print portfolio is changing and a larger part of its revenues is coming from growth activities, both organically and through acquisitions. Printing adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was $81.1 million compared to $79.5 million in Q4 2020. This is a solid performance when we consider that the wage subsidy was $9 million lower than last year, a demonstration of our efficient operational performance. Excluding the wage subsidy, adjusted EBITDA margin in print for the quarter was at 23.3% in line with last year. On a full-year basis, it was 21.3% compared to 20.1% last year, a 120 basis point improvement. In our media business, you may recall that seasonality was more pronounced in Q4 last year. This year was back to a more normal level with approximately 38% of its annual revenues in the fourth quarter. On a full year basis, the media sector had another excellent year with close to 10% revenue and EBITDA growth when excluding the subsidy received in 2020. Corporate expenses were higher than last year, mainly due to stock-based compensation and non-recurring costs that included the extra week and our vaccination clinic. Turning to cash flow from operating activities, we generated $92.7 million in the quarter. The variation with last year is mostly due to higher inventory, which continues to be impacted by risen prices. As we indicated last quarter, we continue to increase our investment in CapEx with a total spend of close to $34 million in the quarter, bringing us to $138 million for the year. These investments will position us well to capture growth opportunities and will help us meet our 2025 sustainability objectives. Finally, we distributed $19.6 million in dividends. Despite the investments we made during the quarter, we continue to maintain a very strong financial position with over $660 million of available liquidity at the end of the quarter. In conclusion, overall, 
we delivered an excellent quarter and ended the fiscal year strong. As for the outlook, in packaging, following investments made in new equipment, the signing of new customer contracts, and the introduction of new products to market, we expect to generate organic growth for 2022, excluding the impact of resin prices and the 53rd week of 2021. As for profitability, we expect to grow packaging EBITDA in fiscal year 2022. Assuming no major resin price increases, the negative impacts from the lag in resin pass-through we experienced this year are not expected to reoccur. Resin will, however, still have an effect on margin percentage due to the higher revenues. This being said, the strong efficiency gains we made during the year across all our sectors will stay with us and should reflect it in our profitability. In print, we expect volumes to continue to recover. We also expect to see growth in our in-store marketing, book printing, and other growth activities. This gave us confidence that we should see higher revenues in fiscal 2022 when excluding the extra week of 2021. In terms of profitability, we don't expect to receive any wage subsidies in fiscal 2022, but we expect volume growth in printing to act as a partial offset to that. Therefore, excluding the impacts of the subsidy and the additional week in 2021, we expect growth in adjusted EBITDA for fiscal year 2022. Corporate cost at the EBITDA level should be around $40 million for the year. In terms of the use of cash for the year, we will continue to pursue potential acquisitions and invest in our future through our CapEx program. To that end, depending on the timing of potential key investments, CapEx in fiscal year 2022 is likely to be similar to 2021. Our tax rate should continue to be in the mid-20s, and as, far, as for cash taxes, we estimate around $60 million for the year. On that note, we will now proceed with the question period. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Merci. Mesdames et messieurs, nous allons maintenant procéder à la période de questions et réponses. Si vous avez une question, appuyez sur les touches étoiles suivies du numéro 1 sur votre téléphone à clavier. Un moment, s'il vous plaît, pour la première question. Thank you. One moment, please. Ladies and gentlemen, we will conduct the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press star followed by the number 1 on your touchtone phone. 
One moment for your first question. Your first question comes from Mark Neville from Scotiabank. Please go ahead, your line is open. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, first off, Francois, congratulations and best of luck. And Peter, congratulations as well. And maybe, maybe my first question, just on, on Donald on, on pricing um, within packaging, at this point, have you sort of fully fully caught up um, on your pricing adjustments? If not, sort of how far are you behind, and so sort of when can you sort of we expect to be fully caught up? Yeah, we're all uh, we're all almost there. Uh, you know, just a couple more months. Uh, as you know, most of them is about a two to three month lag. We had a few at six that that are longer to caught up, but they're not meaningful. So I would say one or or two more months, and uh, we have seen a certain grade of resin uh, price decrease. So it, it should, uh, and, uh, you know, in some area, uh, stabilize, and uh, maybe even for certain resin, like I said, turn the other way. So uh, a month or two, but uh, each month is a lot, a lot less, uh, Mark, because we uh, we are we are at the end of the lag. Okay. Um, in terms of the the outlook for for 2022. Just trying to, I guess, estimate sort of baseline. Um, again, you're sort of, you know, excluding uh, SUs and a few other things. You're expecting growth, but um, I guess, I guess, my question within print is sort of the 21.3% margin, the number to think about growing off of on whatever the sales might be. And then, uh, I guess, the same question within packaging is again, just trying to find a baseline for EBITDA or EBIT, sort of xing out all these one-time items. On the margin, obviously, we're really proud of the 21.3% that we deliver in fiscal 2021. I think it's, mm -hmm. it's our best margin in going back to 2017, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. And we said it for many years, the intention with print is to protect the 20% margin and to produce a lot of free cash flow. So this is the direction we're going. Obviously, we're growing in business like in-store marketing that are not the same margin that we have in the other business, but those margins are going up. So 20% is really what we're aiming for to protect in the future. Okay. Um, but in terms of the maybe absolute dollar figures, when you're talking about growing next year, each segment sort of excluding uh, the wage subsidy, excluding extra week, um, is there sort of round numbers that you could help us with? In terms of what you're well, talking we, about? For, so regarding model, you know, you, you, you may talk with Jan, but what we're certainly facing is that the first five months of uh, fiscal 22 will have an easier comparable if we compare to last year. If you look at the, mm -hmm. the growth that we had this year, first quarter, we were very negative compared to 2020, then almost flat second quarter, and I think close to 15% in the third quarter, and, and a very, again, good good growth in this quarter. So. From what we see, and obviously uh, I won't comment of what's going to happen with COVID in 2022, but the trend is good at least for the first half of the year, and we have good mm -hmm. momentum with the uh, with the part of the business that's growing right now. So this is why overall we're confident to deliver growth in 2022. Yeah. Uh, maybe one last question. Um, did you maybe I missed it? But have you disclosed the purchase price uh, for the, the Croker acquisition? No. Okay. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Your next question comes from Drew McReynolds from RBC. Please go ahead. Your line is open. 
Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, good afternoon and uh, congratulations, uh, Francois and Peter. And, and Francois, I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure working uh, with you. Uh, just a, uh, a class act all around. So uh, just uh, all the best uh, in your future. Um, Thank you. A couple of, couple of uh, just follow-ups for me. Uh, I guess one just big picture for, for you, Peter. I know, obviously, uh, doesn't sound like there's there's really any change here in the strategy or the priorities for the company, but you know maybe talk to uh, uh, talk to that at a high level. Uh, and then secondly, on the capex, a um, little higher in fiscal 2022 than certainly what what is in our model. Um, as we look kind of through the medium term, is this now a new run rate for the the total business? Um, or do you still expect some some ebb and flow from from these levels? Thanks, Drew. Uh, so, you know, what I'd say is first, you know, while I'm new to the day to day, uh, and there's certainly a difference between day to day and being a member of the board. I've been part of the board for quite a while now. So, from a strategic point of view, um, I've been across uh, and been part of the board team that's approved the company strategy. Uh, so for me, uh, more than excited to take on um, the role, uh, understanding that we have uh, a print uh, and media business that, that are very strongly positioned to create value for our customers. Uh, we have a print business um, that now has legs that, that have growth elements to them that I think are important and to continue on. So for me, there's a strong future for print. Uh, and from a packaging perspective, you know, I come from that part of the industry and, and I'm excited by the opportunity uh, to grow the business significantly. So I, I don't see a change in the strategy. And, and in terms of your number, as you for for the model, uh, as we said, you know, in 2021, we were higher than last year. We say that this year we might be close to 2021, but those are specific years where we, we see opportunity for us to invest in, in capacity growth, innovation, and sustainability. But I won't say that this this amount is the new benchmark. It's, it's specific to some investment we will make over a two-year period, but this is not the benchmark for the, the long term uh, with the current top line uh, the way it is right now. Okay, super. And maybe, uh, maybe one follow-up, uh, and it's a little bit related to the last question. You know, you, you quantified the, the impact of the extra week at $57 million in revenue. Can, can we just kind of simplistically roll that down to EBITDA to get you know, an EBITDA impact of that extra week uh, in the quarter? Is that kind of a, a fair way to do it? Yeah, you can make uh, some, some you know, regarding the, the sectors, but don't forget that corporate doesn't deliver any EBITDA, so that's an extra cost. So it's not a question of divided, you know, by the number of weeks, but it will give you a good benchmark by doing so, but consider that we have expenses at corporate level that, uh, that, that, that comes in this 53rd week also. So it's not the equivalent. Got it, got it. Yeah, thanks for that. Okay, thank you very much. Your next question comes from Stephen McLeod from BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead, your line is open. Uh, thank you, good evening. Good afternoon, evening. Um, Francois, congratulations on your long tenure, and uh, Peter, I look forward to working with you. Um, couple of couple of questions here. Um, specifically, when you think about the packaging segment in the quarter, and uh, sort of what you've seen on a year-to-date basis. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, wh where you're seeing the volume growth 
in terms of the end markets and the segments and if there's any differentiation across that spectrum? Well, uh, don't I'll mention advanced coding uh, in the medical space. We, we had a good quarter. But uh, for the most part, all the sector we operate in, uh, whether it's the dairy, uh, the consumer space, or the agriculture in Latham, uh, and the level of activity is pretty good. So uh, everybody participate to, uh, to the organic growth, uh, positive organic growth in, in Q4. And, uh, and we expect everybody to participate uh, in 2022. So uh, we highlighted for Q4 uh, the coding business around the medical space that, you know, had the best year-over-year growth. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's not a specific sector we, uh, that is overperforming or one that is underperforming. We, we have good loading in most of our factory. And, frankly, we have more... Uh, supply chain issue in terms of delivering our, our customer uh, uh, than, than we have uh, right now problem with the, with the loading. Great. Thank you. Um, and then for Peter, um, you know, and I know you sort of addressed this in, in previous questions, but um, can you just talk a little bit about sort of where your priorities are? Um, you know, obviously understanding that there's no, no necessarily change the strategy considering you've had a, uh, board oversight on that, but can you just talk a little bit about where your priorities are over the next sort of six to 12 months? I'd say, Stephen, is, is my priorities in the short term early has been around customer uh, and coworkers. Um, and so for me, I don't want to pretend that after six weeks, I, I'm going to extend uh, to telling you what my focus will be over the next year. I think the starting point is to get a strong understanding of the business, and, and speaking to people and customers gives me the strong understanding, and I still have a bit of work to do there. So I think when we catch up next quarter, I'll, I'll be in a better position to answer your question more fully. That's great. Thank you. Um, and, then, and then just finally, I was wondering if, if uh, you could sort of just summarize, if you have it in front of you, um, just the, the, the CWS dollar impact in both uh, the printing segment and the packaging segment. Well, in the packaging segment, this year, uh, you know, didn't have any impact. We, we, we received minimum dollars. Uh, but overall, at the consolidated level, you know, we received this year 50% of what we received in 2020. And, and obviously, as I said in my opening remarks, we don't expect to receive any dollars. So you can look at our NDNA, but it's close to $30 million of, uh, if you want, negative coming from that in the fiscal 2022, and it's mainly at print, at print level. Okay, that's, uh, that's helpful. Thank you. That's it for me. Mesdames et Messieurs, encore une fois, si vous avez une question, s'il vous plaît, appuyez sur les touches étoiles 1. Ladies and gentlemen, if there are any additional questions, please press star followed by the number 1. Your next question comes from Adam Schein from National Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, thanks a lot. Good afternoon. So, Francois, goodbye, um, at least as it relates to Transcontinental. And, of course, I wish you well. And meanwhile, hello to you, uh, Peter. Um, just, just a few questions left, I guess. You know, in packaging, something that looked interesting was that the Canada revenues doubled. Is there anything specific to that, um, you know, whether it's – Again, the advanced coatings are just general performance, but that one that one sort of stood out as uh, as interesting. Maybe I'll pause there and move on to the others after. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, when we think about some of the disclosure around printing as it relates to Outlook, um, is it fair to say that you know, given the moving pieces and, and acknowledging you know, xing out the 53rd week, that you know, the level in fiscal 2022 should be ultimately slightly above that of fiscal 2020? Um, you know, is that a reasonable way, maybe for you, Donald? to look at printing revenues? No, it, it will be above, Adam, because what, what's happening is that the things that, that, that are decreasing now uh, in printing uh, the most are, are not a significant part of the portfolio anymore. And what is growing double-digit like yeah. ISM and book is becoming to be a more significant part of the portfolio. And, and retail uh, has been, uh, you know, growing this year compared to the COVID year. And, and we expect, especially with uh, what's going on with you know, the price of food and going up in Canada, that, that the retail players are going to be more relevant than, than, than ever before going forward. So that's, that's why we, uh, Donald mentioned that uh, excluding uh, the 53rd week, we, we see uh, growth uh, in printing. Uh, and the transformation of the portfolio is at 35% of the portfolio, combined portfolio, what I call the traditional transcontinental, which is in print and media, is actually growing. And, and a lot of those sectors are growing double digits. So, uh, and, and, and we have a view to make that, uh, to continue to grow that. So, so the outlook on revenue, uh, you know, is going to improve from what it was a couple of years ago. The only thing that we are not sure about is, is the impact of the COVID in 2022, and nobody could predict that. And obviously, when, when restrictions happen, uh, you know, in general, retail is affected. And when retail is affected, well, a big part of the print portfolio is, is related to retail, especially the new uh, sector of ISM is in retail. Uh, so, yeah, that's what the color I can give you. Okay, no, I appreciate that. And then maybe just one last one for Donnell, just in regards to the 40 million or so of uh, outlook and corporate cost line for fiscal 2022, sort of similar to that of the past year. Um, obviously, some puts and takes, some benefit perhaps earlier in the year on the queues. At the same time, you know, you did have some additional costs, as you alluded to, on, you know, the vaccination front. Anything else in terms of incremental buckets of items, whether it's headcount or anything else that we should be thinking about in terms of, you know, moving forward into next year? No, no, I think uh, if you compare to this year, uh, obviously this year we have some one-timer, but the share, as you know, the share units uh, has increased, and, and you're aware that we, we hedge most of the cost impact, but volume-wise, we were hit this year, and I guess it's the new trend, because now, since the acquisition of Cobris, we have more people that, that are part of this program, so therefore this is the first year where we have the full run rate of the new uh, cost of this program. So this is why it's higher this year. It was higher for, for some another few one-timers, but this is why we're comfortable with the $40 million for next year. Okay. Super. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Your last question comes from David McFadgen from Cormark Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just want to also echo my congratulations to Francois and Peter. Um, a couple of questions. Just on the corporate cost lines, you indicated that fiscal 22, you expect it to be about 40 million. 
Was it forty million in fiscal twenty one? Um, or maybe I maybe I didn't hear that. No, it was higher than that. So we had, I'll give you the exact numbers. Forty one. Oh, forty one. Okay. Um, and then you know, in your outlook, you talked about packaging organic volume growth in fiscal 22, you thought it would grow despite the additional week, but do you think it could grow even, even you know, with that additional week in fiscal 22? Or do you think that's tough to say? For packaging? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think uh, what we, you know, uh, should be similar in terms of percentage to what we have in, in 2021. So uh, that's, that's what we're aiming. Okay. Um, and then I was just looking at the cash flow statement. Uh, I noticed there's a large working capital uh, drain or investment in fiscal 21. And I'm just wondering, do you think you could recover some of that in fiscal 22? Or what kind of what's the outlook for fiscal 22 on the working capital front? Yeah, well, I, yeah, we, we definitely want to, uh, you know, have a better working cap. But what was really hit us this year is the impact of the risen price. And it hit us not only in terms of inventory, uh, which uh, was, the impact was very large, but also on the AR side, because obviously your sales, you're selling to your customer, therefore the AR came, comes with inflation of, of, of the risen price also. And on the supplier side, we, we use you know, all the discount we can use, so therefore we're less affected by that. So uh, overall, we're very satisfied with, with uh, you know, the way we manage the uh, receivable, the AR in Canada, past uh, you know, uh, the COVID impact. But it's most most of the impact, as I said, is related to the risen price. So if you compare to next year, I won't make any prediction over where will be the risen price. But if, it, if it's stable or lower, we should be in a better position, and we will, you know, make sure that we we uh, we, we get better on the on the working gap overall. So do you think um, it's so it's it sort of sounds like you would need resin price. To decline no, to, no, to, I, to reverse what that? that no. What I'm saying is that by far the biggest impact this year to explain the negative uh, over the working gap is linked with the, the price of the risen. A uh, large part of inventory, uh, you know, the largest increase we had was on the inventory side and was due to the pricing. A little bit on the quantity, uh, you know, in this time where we have issues with the supply chain, we were more, uh, we, we wanted to have a little bit more in, in our stock. Know, to make sure that if anything happens, we have enough to, to cover our needs for our clients. Uh, but price had a huge impact. I'm not saying that we bet on the risen price to decrease to have a work, better working gap. What I'm saying regarding your question is say, next year where we will be, we will make everything to be in a better position, but that's excluding the fact that risen price may have an impact again uh, next year. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Il ne semble plus être avoir de questions, Monsieur La Pointe. There are no further questions at this time. Thank you all for joining us on the call today, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Mesdames et Messieurs, ceci termine la téléconférence pour aujourd'hui. Merci de votre participation. Vous pouvez maintenant raccrocher. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the conference call for today. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect your lines. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.